From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hello to everyone tuning in on one of our affiliate stations. Hey You, streaming us live at the YouTube channel, Strange Planet. Strange Planet, the YouTube channel. How do to those of you gathered in the YouTube live stream chat. And however and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. What is it about trains? Especially the sound of a distant rumbling train. Steel wheels on a steel track. To me, there's nothing as nostalgic as longing as the sound of a train horn in the night. The train winding its way through the darkness, connecting destinations unknown. It's, it's comforting, it's haunting, and it turns out, perhaps not so surprisingly, that trains and railways can be paranormal hotspots. And for the next hour, that is where we're headed. Haunted rails. Matthew L. Swain is a journalist who currently works as a research writer at Penn State. He's worked as a reporter as a music reviewer for several newspapers and online outlets, such as centerdaily.com and music.com. He's a regular contributor to the recently revitalized version of Omni magazine called Omni Reboot. He writes the Anti-Matter column, which looks at fringe science and the paranormal for the online magazine. He's also worked on writing projects with Paranormal States, um, Alfie Music, Balancing Skepticism with an Open Mind, Matt uses his experiences in journalism and interest in both ghost lore and the paranormal to collect and tell stories about the supernatural. He's the author of several books, including Haunted Rock and Roll, Ghosts of Country Music, America's Haunted Universities, Haunted World War II, more Haunted Rock and Roll, and his latest Haunted Rails, Tales of Ghost Trains, Phantom Conductors, and Other Railroad Spirits. Matt Swain, welcome back to the Conspiracy Show. How are you? How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's an honor and pleasure. I always look forward to uh, to speaking with you, Matt. You're wa- such a wonderful uh, story writer, and uh, I mentioned off the top of the show how it was coincidental, maybe not so much. I was talking about trains, and then the day on the show, opening the show, because of I was reminding people they might hear the train in the studio where I'm at, because we're about 200 meters from the CN tracks, which is about the busiest uh, rail corridor in Canada. Mm. And, and and I was mentioning how I love the sound of the train. I grew up in Brantford, just a couple of miles from the old THB railroad, Toronto, Hamilton, Buffalo line. I would fall asleep to that sound. And just, it, it, I would almost be carried away by the sound of the horn and the idea of, you know, traveling through the night in our dreams as a train does to destinations mm-hmm. unknown a couple days later your name popped into my head I, I wonder what matt swain is up to and lo and behold you get back to me i'm working on a book on haunted railroads you said or you've yep. just completed a book right so, right why railroads this time well i think uh, my experience really mimics your experience uh, i was born in central pennsylvania i was born actually in Altoona, Pennsylvania, which is uh, 
some probably would say that it's the uh, capital of of the railroad in in Pennsylvania and maybe even the East Coast. It has a a fine tradition of that. But I was raised in Tyrone, which is a, a little town about maybe 20 miles north of Altoona. And my house was right across the stream from the main line that would go from Altoona to Harrisburg. And, and like you, um, I just – I love the sound of the train. I come from a long line of, of railroad people. My grandfather was an engineer. His father was an engineer. I grew up with these stories. Uh, I also loved railroad history. Uh, I worked with uh, – Probably uh, his name's Mike Bazilla. He's one of the foremost experts on railroad history. So I, I would always talk to him and engage him in conversations about railroad. And I, he, he and I basically came up with this idea because one of the things that we noted was that there was always these ghost stories associated with uh, the railroad itself. And in my own hometown, there were – maybe three or four stories that revolved around ghosts of engineers or conductors or accident victims all in, in this small area. So what I try to do with my books is I try to explore things that I'm interested in, things I want to learn more about, in this case, railroad history, and then couple it with, um, you know, the paranormal, the supernatural. I was born on Halloween, so that's kind of the way I roll. But so that's really the origin of of this book, and uh, it it typically starts out where I'm not sure whether I have enough material for a book, but in this case, I probably left out volumes of what I I could have and maybe should have included, but there was just so much information out there. Now, I saw a video on YouTube recently. Someone sent it to me, and it was this a ball of of light, and I don't know if it was ball lightning, which is an interesting phenomena, but it was a ball of light that was traveling across from one side of a railroad track and across the track, um, sort of up and over. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Is there something about you know steel tracks that might? generate a phenomenon like that have you seen that video do you have you while you were researching the book did you get reports of things that appear to be balls of light around railroad tracks well i did see that video in fact uh three maybe four of my readers sent me that clip to see what i thought and it it actually seems a lot like uh, there are numerous 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 stories of light phenomena accompanying uh, railroad tracks. Um, I could think of, I know that I have maybe about three or four in the book itself. The one that stands out to me is the Mako light, which is uh, a light that has been seen in Mako Station uh, in North Carolina. And and this is an interesting story because uh, President Grover Cleveland was uh, visiting that area and he noticed that the uh, conductors had two lamps in their hands where normally they have one. So he inquired 
you know, why do they have two? Why not one? I've seen them all have that they've had one before. And uh, the reply he got was a little shocking for him. They said that they carry two in that area because this ball light phenomena is so prevalent that they want to make sure people know it's really people and not whatever this ghost spirit is. So there are a lot of stories that relate to um, accidents, crime, all along these railroad tracks. And and normally this phenomena uh, comes out as either a ball of lightning. And it, it, it sort of reminds me of that video now, the video to me was so super spooky because it, it seemed like it was traveling along the tracks. Uh, most of the lights that I uh, researched in this book seemed to be more like orbs in a certain area, generally described as about the brightness of a flashlight or a lantern about two to three feet above the ground. And, and I don't think I've really came across anything where it almost seemed like an intelligent uh, as as that footage was. Uh, it's interesting because in this, with, when we're talking about haunted railways, sometimes we're talking about the ghosts of maybe a passenger or maybe a rail worker, maybe the engineer, but sometimes the trains themselves are ghosts. And you mentioned President Grover Cleveland, who was the 22nd and 24th president. Uh, tell me about Abraham Lincoln's funeral train. Yeah, that is the the most famous uh, piece of railroad ghost lore out there. And it also reminds me of when I was looking into the ghosts of World War II. Uh, there were a, a few uh, cases, more than a few cases, of ghost planes. And that's where it's not that there is a ghost in a plane. It's that the actual... Uh, plane itself is a ghost. And likewise, when I was researching uh, haunted rails, there are a few stories of ghost trains. The trains themselves are are the phantom object. And in, in the Abraham Lincoln case is, is very kind of a poignant story. But when Abraham Lincoln was inaugurated, he went on a sort of a victory um, uh, tour of the Northeast and the Midwest. And it started in Illinois and went to Indiana through New York, Pennsylvania into Maryland and, and finally into uh, Washington, DC. And they had planned at the end of the war to do a reverse, to go through this same trail, but, but in a reverse way back to Illinois. Uh, unfortunately, as we all know, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated, so there wasn't a victory tour after the war, but what there was was uh, Abraham Lincoln's funeral train, and that occurred on April 19, 1865, and of course, we just passed the anniversary, but the ghost story that surrounds that uh, is that if you go out along this path that the funeral train took on the anniversary uh, that it went through that area, you'll be able to see, and it's described in a lot of different ways, but but probably the most common is that if you're along that, that area or, or near those tracks, suddenly everything becomes very, very dark. Uh, if the moon's out, it's covered with clouds. And then you see this light, a bright light, and some people say that uh, witnesses have said they've seen uh, 
flame shooting out of the smokestack as this phantom train appears. And if you wait there long enough, I think I would have bugged out long before that. <laughs> um, they say that you'll see this train go by uh, and there is a, a car with a coffin in the American flag is draped over it. And there are a squad of civil war soldiers. Sometimes they're described as ghosts. Sometimes they're described as skeletons kind of uh, guarding this casket. And so the legend has it that this is uh, Abraham Lincoln's funeral train and it's a ghost train. And that's, that's really the story with that one. And this was, uh, of course, the age of the steam engine. So this was a big black steam engine, uh, and it would have fire, no doubt, belching out of its smokestack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so – and this train, this, the funeral train back in 1865, as you detail in the book, it stopped through something like 400 different communities. Right. So is – and the and the and that particular rail line is still in existence, is it? Is it used by other trains today? Well, that's that's the real uh, key to it because parts of it are still being used and parts of it aren't. So uh, there are some parts of the legend say that all you have to do is be in that area where it went through. And have you uh, have you tried to retrace the uh, the the, uh, the journey of that funeral train? Have you have you been able to determine sort of where the most sightings of this ghost train are along its route? That's a that's an interesting question because this seems to be more in the ghost lore realm. Um, what you do, what you find, is sort of a general kind of story. Not that I could find, I couldn't find any specific site where people had claimed to have actually seen this. And you know, I I did some uh, kind of deep dive into it to try to find a person who would tell this story. But what I find is kind of uh, uh, a bunch of stories about the train itself, but not tied to a certain location. And in this case, I think it is one way that uh, these ghost stories, these railroad ghost stories, tell both the history of the railroad as well as the history of some key in- events in American history. And in this case, it's Abraham Lincoln's um, uh, assassination and death, and it pays homage to him. That's that's as near as I can tell. I've never been able to find a first-person witness to anything like this. In general, though, why are railroads so haunted, do you suppose? You know, that's that's really the key question for me because as I write these things uh, – and again, I'm usually mystified when I start off that um, you know I, I find all these stories about these – you know, essentially what would be an industry. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I go into it thinking maybe there's a few I'm really going to have to dig, but there's so many. And I think with, with uh, I have a couple theories about uh, haunted railroad history. I mean, the first thing that I think needs to be said is just how dangerous railroading was and still is. And you know, I always put this out there when I'm talking about these ghost stories. I, I know there's a lot of ghost hunters out there. This is something you really have to be super cautious of because the railroad is still a dangerous business. But, you know, back uh, back in, in history, throughout history, it was even more dangerous. 
probably much more dangerous. You know, as an aside, I remember going to my grandfather's house, and he would have these railroad union magazines. And I always remember seeing uh, many, many ads in these railroad magazines for uh, artificial arms and legs and hooks and things like that because it was so dangerous and and someone getting uh their arm cut off or their or decapitated probably wasn't that uncommon so of course when there's danger when there's death you're going to have ghost stories um uh, and you know also there were a lot there were a lot of um train robberies that also kind of uh uh magnified this effect and you know, if you talk to a lot of the paranormal theorists, they'll tell you that these deaths, these accidents, this high-intensity kind of life uh, can actually imprint itself on, on time and space. So that's one likely reason why either we tell these stories to kind of commemorate um, these accidents and the, these, this violence – or, you know, the paranormal theorists will actually tell you that that's one of the reasons why we're seeing ghosts as it reenacts over and over again. Uh, a lot of times uh, I bring up in the book about residual hauntings, and that, that's certainly a part of this. You know, another fact is that there were a lot of heroes uh, in, the, in railroad history, uh, engineers who saved the lives of their passengers after an accident. That's a theme that, that pops up. But I have a peculiar theory about these stories, and uh, when I researched haunted rock and roll and, and also haunted World War II, the thing that pops up in my mind all the time is this uh, elevation of consciousness, that certain things like music, like the terror of war, elevates our consciousness and makes us more maybe susceptible or more open to supernatural phenomena. So what's so consciousness raising about trains? I'm sure that's one of the questions people ask. But you have to remember, first of all, that trains changed our ideas of time and space. What used to take days suddenly only took hours transportation-wise, uh, getting supplies and goods across the country. That changed how we really looked at time and space. So I think that has kind of a consciousness-shocking uh, aspect of it. But the other thing is, and this comes up quite a bit, is just the economic vitality that railroads provided and still provide to, to communities. I mean, communities could be uh, – absolutely devastated uh, if they weren't close to a railroad line or the railroads didn't get through. And so you have this um, industry that is so important. Lifeblood comes up all the time. And so that's why I think railroads, trains, uh, beyond just the mystique that they have that you commented on and that I've recognized, beyond that mystique, I think there's real reasons why that this profound change in transportation also kind of changes the way we look at life and death. Uh, we're just rolling into a, a break here shortly, just a, a couple minutes, but uh, are there certain towns and cities uh, that seem to be more haunted in terms, like railroad towns? Are there 
what are the most haunted railroad towns and cities? Yeah, there are a few. And uh, I know this is going to sound biased and I'm a little prejudiced, but uh, Altoona, Pennsylvania seems to be one of the, the towns that either is the most haunted or has the uh, highest number of people who document these things because there are several stories about uh, the Railroad Museum um, in Altoona is uh, allegedly haunted. A lot of stories about that. Uh, nearby Altoona, right outside of Altoona, is this incredible architectural feat called Horseshoe Curve. That's haunted. And then there's a lot of ghost lore associated with all those lines around there. So I would say Altoona, I, Ogden, Utah, believe it or not, has a lot of um, haunted um, paranormal phenomena attached to railroad, train stations, and, and things like that. And also Savannah, Georgia, I noticed, is um, pretty active with railroad ghosts. All right. We'll uh, take a time out. When we come back, we'll uh, get into some specific stories. Haunted Railways with Matt Swain right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. We're talking Haunted Railways with Matt Swain. And you mentioned the Railroaders Memorial Museum in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Uh, what's happening there, Matt, late well, at there, night? Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff that, that goes on there. Probably uh, one of the most uh, famous stories that happened there uh, occurred when a – uh, and, and remember, this is uh, an organization, uh, organization staff with a lot of volunteers um, and, and some employees. And one of the employees was a finance director. And the finance director was the one who pretty much stayed late. Uh, and he had an office, I think, in the fourth floor. And he tells the story that uh, it was you know, pretty late. And he was getting out of his office, and he jumped into the elevator. And that's not so unusual. Uh, he did it every night. But this night was a little different. He saw what looked like a person uh, with his back to him. Uh, and when he entered the elevator, he was sort of surprised to see this figure. And then he, this uh, finance director said the – a uh, person turned around, looked at him, and smiled, and then there was sort of an electrical shimmy, and then this this uh, uh, phantom just faded out. And so freaked out the uh, finance director pretty badly. The next day, he goes and he starts telling some of the volunteers uh, what he saw, and so they took him down to this uh, – uh, section of the railroad that has a lot of pictures of the the engineers and the workers and and whatnot historical photos old black and white photos and they take him to the room and they say is he in any of these pictures and this uh, finance director immediately pinpoints the one individual in the one picture and everyone who had a uh, a run-in with this ghost um, concurred that that was the same 
person that they saw. And this uh, fellow's name was Frank. And so since then, uh, the Railroaders Museum has has talked about the ghost of Frank. Uh, you know, I talked to a ghost hunter. There's there's a few paranormal investigative teams that are allowed to uh, either lead tours or do their own investigations. Uh, they're pretty careful with who they let in. I talked to a couple that um, led some of those investigations and some of those tours, and they had other stories beyond this idea of Frank. They say that there are several uh, ghosts in that area, and uh, one is Frank, but there's a few others, and they say it 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 may be related both to the railroad history uh, of this building, which I think was a shop at one point, uh, and I think some offices were there, but it, also at one time it was uh, kind of an impromptu uh, police station. If you know anything about railroad workers, they were kind of a hard living, uh, and they were also kind of a a hard drinking lot. So they at one point had this as both a little bit of a hospital and a, and a little bit of a police station. So a lot of that, according to these ghost hunters, a lot of that residual energy is still in that place. And do they tend to be residual hauntings? In other words, the, the, the ghost is, seems to be an echo or a memory. It doesn't have consciousness that you can interact with. Yeah, it, it seems to be that way. Although, you know, at times, these stories kind of blend. Um, for instance, the finance director, that almost feels like a, an intelligent haunting to me, too, where it recognized this this fellow's uh, presence and turned around to face him and even made you know some facial gestures, a smile in some of the stories. That's how it's, it's described. So you do see a blend of, of – uh, but overwhelmingly, I would agree with you. I would say they're more residual than anything. Uh, we mentioned ghost trains earlier with the uh, Abraham Lincoln ghost train, funeral train. The, there's a Canadian story uh, as well regarding a ghost train. I think it was actually even commemorated in a postage stamp. And it's the, uh, this, I think it's the St. Louis or St. Louis Saskatchewan ghost train. Yeah, that that actually made its way onto uh, a postage stamp, and that's a that's a little bit uh, of a story about um, uh, ghost lights and a little bit of story about a ghost train. Now, the ghost lights are seen by a lot of the people in that area. Uh, again, it's it looks like a big white light, a big orb of white light, but in some in some of the stories, uh, they also see a little red light, which which they claim is also the caboose. Um, and there are a few stories attached to this this phenomena. One is that uh, there was a conductor killed during a, a robbery. Uh, the train had stopped for I think in some some reason or another. I think maybe because of snow, and uh, some robbers had uh, had targeted this. And the conductor died in a struggle. Another is that it's a um, it's an accident victim. But again, we have a similar story where you see this light phenomena, and a lot of people say that this is actually a ghost train. And um, 
well, the fact that it's been commemorated in a, on a stamp, uh, obviously this <laughs> this ghost story has some legs. So uh, have there been a lot of witnesses to this? There are uh, quite a few of witnesses of this phenomena uh, over the years. And of course, there's a lot of um, peop- uh, witnesses who come forward who say they see the light. There are a lot of people who try to debunk it. A lot of skeptics go after that. And then there's kind of like this counter debunking, I guess, if that's a term, where uh, they take the skeptic's point of view and then they say, well, that can't be it either. I know in a lot of these cases, they say that the lights are actually maybe a a car um, beyond, uh, you know, up the tracks a little, crossing the tracks or something like that. In this case, they say that the phenomena went way before when there were roads in those areas and that it's seen in different places now that doesn't necessarily rule out atmospheric phenomena but uh you know according to a lot of the witnesses they're pretty sold that they have seen that and so yeah there are there are a lot in fact i think in this case i think the mayor even said that he saw this phenomena uh What's the most haunted part of the train? Do you know? Is there uh, any any pattern? Is it a passenger car? Is it the engine car? Is it the caboose? Well, they're they're all pretty haunted. In, in my opinion, though, it's actually the caboose. Uh, and I I do have a theory about that. And first of all, you know, uh, there's a few really really intense uh, ghost stories that occur in cabooses and. The one that I read, I found a historical account from probably the early 20th century, late 19th century, uh, and this occurs in uh, Kentucky. And the number of the caboose was 17736, and this is became an infamous uh, caboose because there was an apparition of a lady that was seen in the caboose, uh, appeared like she was crying at times. And it it probably wouldn't be that significant of a ghost story because, like I said, a lot of ghost stories about all these different sleeper cars, freight cars, engines, all all of this. But the conductor who uh, witnessed this phenomenon was actually a skeptic to begin with. And when he saw it and he observed it for not just a flash of a second or two, but over what what sounded like maybe a minute or so. And his impression was uh, that it was an actual full-bodied apparition and that what he tried to do was immediately try to debunk it. He tried to look at, was it lighting? Was there someone who snuck on board? And he could not find a real reason for this. And the, the, um, the story is pretty intense that, that I found. Now, the story, why this, this um, caboose was haunted, it sounds like this woman, her husband died uh, in an accident that involved this caboose. Um, and then there's another story called the old 1908, which is a caboose uh, that was once part of the Louisville and Nashville train line. And in this case, this it almost seemed like the caboose itself was possessed. They said even when it was still, it would shake or suddenly lurch. And at one point in a train station on a flat, uh, I'm sorry, in a flat, uh, 
station uh, a rail yard, it became uh, – and again, remember, cabooses aren't self-propelled. Somehow, this caboose went up the track a, a long distance, up an incline, and then threw itself – uh, off the tracks, and when the crew came to rest to uh, to recover this caboose, they found that the the brakes were still set. So there, there's that where not only they really didn't see an apparition, but they the the entire caboose seemed to be a spirit in itself. In my opinion, uh, if you're going to have one car. That is most like a home. It would be the caboose. So uh, this is the area where the conductors lived and worked and and traveled. And to me, it seems more like almost like haunted house than than anything that the the train could put out there. That's fascinating. We're, we're going to take a time out now, but uh, you know, and sadly, cabooses uh, are sort of a, a, a thing of a bygone era. They've right. replaced them because the brake man used to be in the caboose, and now they've, I guess, basically uh, replaced the whole caboose with a little black box. It's all yeah. computer. Uh, however, uh, Matt, stay put. We'll come back and uh, discuss more haunted rails, tales of ghost trains, phantom conductors, and other railroad spirits right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Haunted Rails. Matt Swain is here. How do we get a copy of the book, Matt? Uh, Best bet is to go onto Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Uh, Make sure if you go down to your independent bookseller, you let them know that it's out there and see if they'll bring it in for you. Now, as you described earlier, some of these uh, ghost stories are just that likely. They're legends. Mm-hmm. They're ghost stories. But occasionally, uh, there seems to be some significant physical evidence to back up these these stories. And one such case takes place in Duffy's Cut, a section of railroad near Malvern, Pennsylvania. Tell me about this. Yeah, that's that's probably the most fascinating for me. Uh, story in the book because it has you know as you mentioned i i always and i try to be very upfront and say a lot of this is ghost lore you know folklore based on ghosts and 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 spirits but i think this story gives you a key to something a little bigger and the story is that there were two brothers uh, who every Thanksgiving would sit and listen to their grandfather tell them uh, uh, ghost stories. But probably the most famous ghost story he would tell them happened in this Duffy's Cut. And he told them that, uh, and it was true, he was a secretary for the railroad. And part of his job was to collect these ghost stories from uh, people who claimed that they would be walking by this Duffy's Cut and they would see these strange things. And uh, one that they mentioned uh, in the account is that uh, one fellow was walking by that Duffy's cut and he saw lights that seemed to be dancing, different colors, red and blue uh, in this area. And he told the the boy's grandfather that this was the spirit of these Irish uh, people and these Irish workers who were who were slain there, and um, 
the the overall impression to uh, at least the the grandfather was this was ghost lore. This was merely folklore, and that there was no real truth to it. But the two brothers decided that they were actually going to try to find out the truth. So they, along with some uh, actual anthropologists from a nearby university, uh, did a dig in this area where there these ghost sightings were. And sure enough, they found what seemed to be uh, a mass grave of about 57 people. And uh, there were stories that these were victims of cholera. And there are other stories because uh, the, the team uncovered what seems to be evidence that some of these people were shot. So here you have ghost lore uh, of an area that turns out to have some real you know, honest-to-goodness research evidence behind it that something happened in that area that either was collected and put into the collective conscience, consciousness of these people in that area or that there, there is something really there. Uh, and then later on, these uh, anthropologists, uh, I think – I think they teamed up with some paranormal researchers who also investigated it more of a, as a as a paranormal thing to try to find try to contact the spirits. Did, sorry, but did they actually uncover bones? Did they? Did they? Yes. Did? Yeah. They did. Sorry. I, yeah. The, it was a it was a mass grave, uh, and it appeared that some of the the um, these skeletons, some of the bones uh, and skulls had uh, what looked to be uh, uh, bullet bullet marks and bullet holes. And so, and again, this mass grave was located right beneath where these orbs had been seen, correct? Yeah, yes, exactly where it was. So it'd be interesting to note when, and I'm assuming that once they located these these bones, I don't know, did they did they leave them where they were, or did they give them a a, a proper burial in a cemetery? Do you know? I think. If I'm recalling the story correctly, I think they did give it give them a Catholic burial in that area. And and then did the sightings of these orbs continue or did it stop? I well, I haven't heard any any fresh stories that came out of there. That you know, that might be that they just haven't been documented. Right. Or in other words, maybe the the, the orbs or the ghosts were trying to atten- draw attention you know, to a crime. We're here. We're buried under here. They wanted people to know. Yeah, and that seems to be uh, the results of that paranormal investigation seem to be more like that. They were talking about the boss uh, who was in charge there, who worked them uh, pretty hard, almost to death. Uh, so, so that kind of came up during that aspect of it. But it's an interesting blend of anthropology and and you know paranormal investigation which uh you don't encounter a lot uh when you're researching these books uh the great science fiction writer philip k dick um he had an experience with a ghost train as well didn't he yes he did as a matter of fact uh and this one was pretty cool for me too because i've always been a philip k dick fan and uh, if you read uh, Philip K. Dick's uh, opinion about paranormal phenomena, it kind of goes back and forth. A lot of times he seems like he embraces it, and other times he uh, seems to be a skeptic. But the story 
about haunted rails that that occurred to him was that he he and his wife at the time lived in a town Port Reyes uh, in California, and uh, according to his wife, who writes this uh, Anne, his wife at the time, who wrote this uh, biography autobiography. Uh, about Philip K. Dick, she said that he would complain constantly uh, at night uh, when he tried to sleep, and he was kind of a noted insomniac. He said he could hear the this wail of of uh, of a train uh, going through this area, and of course, you know, uh, Anne basically kind of debunked it, said it was the wind, that there was no trains in the area. Matt, what I got to pardon my oh, interruption. I got to yeah. take a time out. We'll leave okay. this as a cliffhanger and okay. we'll uh, get to the rest of the Philip K. Dick ghost train story on the other side. Matt Swain stays right with up. us. Haunted Rails right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. We are back with Matt Swain, the author of Haunted Rails. That's the latest. Before the break, we were talking about. Uh, science fiction author Philip K. Dick, uh, who lived in Point Reyes Station, California, and was an insomniac and would complain about being kept awake at night by the sound of a distant uh, train whistle or train horn. Uh, and, uh, well, you continue with the story, Matt. Sure. It was so uh, Anne said that there was no trains in the area, but in fact, there were, it was, it was uh, you know, crisscrossed with. Uh, lines uh, back in the day uh, that had since been uh, taken out. And there is actually a story of a ghost train in that area. And it deals with a engineer whose daughter either eloped or was abducted. And in a fit of vengeance, this engineer climbed into his train and took off screaming into the night, trying to find her. And that years later, people claimed to hear this whistle and, the steam from this engine erupting. And so there is kind of a connection between this little bit of ghost lore and, and keeping poor Philip K. Dick up at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, is you mentioned one ghost train story from Canada, but is it primarily an American or a North American phenomenon, ghost, uh, ghost uh, trains and haunted rails, or is it worldwide? It, it seems to be worldwide. It seems, at least as far as I could tell, uh, the U.S., Canada, and and in Europe. Uh, as a matter of fact, in the U.K., there are a lot of ghost stories that deal with the subway system, the tube there. I would say the tube is probably more haunted than most of the above-ground trains. Uh, and I've found uh, ghost trains or in... in uh, Sweden, there's the story there of this silver bullet that people claim to see that was a very distinctive car that was taken out of commission. It had it was very distinctive because it was uh, silver and most of the cars there were, were green. And people say that it appears at times. And also in the UK, you also find a lot of these stories about um, areas where the elemental spirits were disturbed by um, – the, the creation, uh, the construction of, of railroads, and that they seem to uh, take their vengeance out by um, 
there's one story about a demon train that goes across, I think, Scotland. Um, and they claim it's it's really run by these elemental spirits that are, are disappointed that uh, they were not appeased when they put this um, – this uh, railroad system through their their area, their territory. Uh, We're familiar with, of course, the Orient Express and uh, the Agatha Christie uh, novel based on that murder on the Orient Express. Do you have any any uh, ghost stories from the Orient Express? I I don't, but uh, you know, now that you mentioned it, that's an obvious one that I should have looked into. But I I don't even re- recall really looking into that. But uh, maybe for the sequel. And I'm guessing there will be one uh, because you you um, you started off thinking I may not have enough to to pull a, a book together, and then you end up, of course, with too many. Right. Um, is there a what would be the the uh, the creepiest? Uh, train a haunted train story that we haven't heard tonight so far yeah there's a bunch but uh, for me the there's a story of uh also a, a another town in pennsylvania called austin pennsylvania and uh this occurred i think early 20th century um uh, the story is that uh, there was a train yard uh in in this near this town and um the the uh, workers would see this very strange figure, and the way they described it was pretty eerie. This tall, thin, abnormally tall, thin man dressed all in black. And, of course, they would try to chase him out of the, the train yard. And when they gave chase to him, they talked about how he kind of slithered through these cars uh, and that how he could jump into the boxcar and out the other side – and by the time the, the workers would get there to chase him off further, he was absolutely gone. And these uh, sightings occurred for weeks. And then there was a collapse of a dam just above town, uh, the, the, and the resulting flood killed, uh, I think, a few dozen uh, of the townsfolks. And then the, the, um, the sighting suddenly stopped. And for me, it reminded me, one – uh, of the Mothman prophecy, which I read as a kid, uh, that uh, this strange Mothman would appear, and then there was this bridge collapse. And it also gave me, an, kind of the way they described it, felt to me like the Slender Man um, uh, entity that was talked about, you know, just a, a decade or so ago. Right, so it or spring Jack. spring yeah. Jack as well. Yes, also, yeah. So I think that's one of the creepiest ones for me. And um, are there other haunted objects? We mentioned uh, cabooses and we mentioned eng- the engine and so forth. Other just objects related to the railway that, ha- that that can be haunted? Yeah, there's actually there's a lot of stories about haunted tunnels uh, seems to come up quite a bit. Uh, they can be uh, tunnels where there were accidents. Sometimes there can be incidences in one of the stories – there was uh, uh, allegedly a murder near the tunnel, and it's somehow these spirits are, are trapped in this tunnel. So there's tunnels. There's also bridges that are apparently haunted. One's called the Screaming Bridge. I think that's in uh, Indiana where a worker allegedly was uh, buried alive inside one of the pillars and that you can hear him scream and try to get out, usually around Halloween. It's either good ghost lore or, or really, you know, a creepy ghost story. But uh, so all of those 
objects, uh, infrastructure are just as haunted as sometimes as the the station houses and the cars and railroad lore. Do you ride the train at all, Matt? I haven't. I haven't been on a train in uh, in decades, but uh, I. My wife and I really want to take uh, the train to New York City here one day. Uh, any uh, any reports about uh, uh, passenger trains uh, being haunted by the ghosts of other passengers? I have heard, and there are a few stories in the book of that. Uh, some of the sleeper cars, I think the Venasta uh, is the one that uh, I'm thinking about right now, where there are passengers who – uh, still haunt haunt those those railroad cars. You know, one of the um, the uh, the scary things about the the current pandemic is that we might we may be heading into a, a severe severe recession if we're not already there, or maybe even a depression. Perish the thought. Mm. Uh, and and back you know during the the last depression, there were hundreds of thousands uh, of people. Well, maybe not hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of of men uh, who would, uh, in order to look for work, would hop aboard uh, trains, hitch a ride on a train. Uh, you know, they were called hobos and so forth. And they would um, often encounter, a, I think they used to call them the yard boss. The men mm-hmm. were uh, equipped with a, a club and they were, um, the yard boss did not treat these uh, uh, hobos very kindly. Are there any any stories that you've collected or heard about uh, regarding uh, hobos and ghosts. Yeah, some of the ghosts uh, in in the book, uh, there there are a number of um, origins. So some people say they're conductors, some people say they're workers, some people say they're passengers, some people say they're hobos. But probably the one of those famous uh, is uh, Maury Graham, who was I think he was like the five time. Uh, hobo champion of of the world uh, he allegedly haunts a caboose that's in a museum i think it's called the the mad river museum i'd have to check on that but uh you know he was a hobo that uh really felt like they were uh needed to be commemorated and and they were a special group and that he his apparition has been seen uh, outside of that caboose. Now, I never got the sense of whether that caboose had special meaning for him or whether he visited that museum or anything like that. But that's, that's one of the stories about the hobos. Haunted Rails, Tales of Ghost Trains, Phantom Conductors, and Other Railroad Spirits. Once again, Matt, how do we get a copy? Oh, check it out on Amazon.com uh, or BarnesandNoble.com. You can also uh, go to my website, MattSwain.com. Uh, there's usually links there. Always a pleasure, Matt. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Hey, thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. And yeah, let's do it again. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. That's it for me. Back next week with a brand new show. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known what you hear in the dark speak in the light what i say in a whisper proclaim from the housetops move over aphrodite i'm coming home or at least up the stairs good night